Amen. And I will tell you this, today when you leave, uh, make sure we have something for every dad here. And uh, you can't really see it up here, but we have this this pin, which is a multi-pin, and there's it's a seven uh, functioning pen. It has seven things. I'm going to mess it up here in a minute trying to tell you. I could tell you it has a flathead screwdriver, a Phillips head screwdriver. It has a pen. It has a stylus on it. It has a level built into it. Come on, because you know dads are on the level, right? It also is a ruler. And so, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. And so we want to make sure every dad gets one of those today that is here. And so, uh, you know, the thing about it is when you're a dad, you are multifaceted, right? Because dad's got to be pretty good at, at, at a little bit of everything, right? Sometimes dad is a chef. Not often, but sometimes dad in our house, but sometimes dad is a chef, right? And then sometimes, you know, dad is a guy who has to fix the car. Come on. Right? And sometimes dad's the guy that has to go uh, uh, fix the breaker that keeps popping, right? And, and so you're fixing things in your house. And then sometimes dad has to come along with kids and wrap his arms around them. And sometimes he has to fix broken hearts and, and, and things, right? And so uh, being a father and being a parent in general, there's just a lot of roles. And so I thought, man, that is a very fitting thing, you know. And, and so it, it just a little of encouragement to you. When you're working on something and you got this in your pocket, know that you are multifaceted. You can do a lot of things with the help of Jesus Christ. He designed you, Dad, to do some amazing things. Amen? Amen. All right. So uh, make sure you get one of those. Here you go, Greg. I'm going to give you yours in advance. How about that? And so you can tell them how good it is after church. So um, everyone smile real big. BJ, I like that smile right there. That's a beautiful smile. Uh, let me let me see someone over here smile real big. All right, Lisa, that's a good smile, right? Is someone in the balcony? I can't see. Is that? Thank you, Mike Baker, for standing up and smiling right there. <laughs> He's waving up there. Good to see you today. <laughs> Ephesians uh, chapter five is where we're going to be today, and uh, this may be a little bit little bit different. Matter of fact. Um, if I went back and read Ephesians, you know what? I'm I'm going to do that real fast, and they they won't have this. Go back to Ephesians chapter five. Can you get verses 22, 23, and twenty four on there? And everyone's going to go, uh oh. You see what this is, uh, man? Some of you are going to be happy. Some of you are going to be not so happy when you see this. All right, you ready? Let's read this. <coughs> Wives. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, Ephesians 5, 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior, verse 24. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands, verse 25. Are you ready for this? Here's the guy's part. All the women just rolled their eyes, right? All right, so here's the guy's part. Husbands, this, is, this was actually my text. Husbands, love your wives as Christ, what? And gave himself up for her. Uh, this is a beautiful bit of scripture. God has a design and God has a purpose in the way that he did things. He created us differently. Uh, one of the things that I can tell you just quickly just by reading that, what, what, a, what a man needs in his life is Respect, come on, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, right? 
He needs respect in his life, and, and so uh, and, and so there's that. But 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 a woman needs love. Amen. All you need is love. That's two songs. Just boom, boom, boom. Some of you count songs that I do, right? And 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 God designed a man and a woman. That way, because he knew that they were the perfect unity for raising kids. My wife has a, a softer touch in discipline than I do. How many of you men can, can relate to that? Amen. And, and so she, she sees things just a little, little bit uh, different. And so uh, we're, just, we're laying a foundation here. Don't get mad, Pastor. I'm just the messenger. And that word submit is not a dirty word. It's not a wordy dirt, okay? It is actually a, a, a good word. But listen, the, the flip side to that, men, is this. Husbands, you have to love your wives as Christ love, loves the church. Do you know how much Jesus loves his church? Intensely. He loves his church so much that he was willing to die for it. Put his own, put the church before his own needs. You know, he's, you know, in the garden, he said, Lord, if, can this cup pass from me? Lord, if there's any way. He said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, let it be done in me. Ephesians 6, 4, if you'll jump over there real fast. Matter of fact, can you go back to Ephesians 6, 1? I'm not going to leave anybody out today. Everyone's going everyone's to take a few lickings this morning, all right? All right, here we go. Number one, children. Everyone say children. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. All right. Can I have all the kids in the house read that for me? Here we go. Children. All right. Come on. Give them a hand. All right. <laughs> Verse 2 says this. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And then uh, that it may go well with you and that you may live along in the land. If you want to live a long life, honor your mom and dad. That's the secret sauce to living a long life. That's a promise not from me, but from the Lord. You know what that tells me? Elsie honored her mom and her dad. <laughs> right? I love Elsie. Look at this. Verse 4 says this. Fathers, here we go. Dad, back to you. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the, dis in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your word today. Lord, it is sharp. Lord, sometimes, Lord, there are things, Lord, that we need to understand, things that we need to submit in our hearts to you. God, you have a purpose, and Lord, you have a design. And God, I pray today, Lord, that every father in here would be encouraged. God, every believer in here would be lifted up, God, by your presence today. God, I pray, Lord, that change would be broken, lives would be uh, molded and made right. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd use me how you see fit today. Have your will and way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. All right. So I'm going to give you a little bit. I like to do this on Father's Day. Give you some Father's Day wisdom and some Father's Day thoughts. Okay, you ready for this? Right here. Uh, someone said this. A father is someone who carries pictures where his money used to be. Amen. My wallet doesn't have any money in it anymore, right? All right, that's, that, that's a good one. How about this? Here's a little bit of wisdom from dad, all right? I like this. Spare the duct tape, spoil the job, right? 
spare the duct tape, spoil the job. How many know that duct tape can fix anything? Amen. All right. So here's another bit of dad wisdom. The key to becoming an awesome dad is aging without maturing. Right? Have you ever been around a dad and like, man, he is just a big kid. You know, have you ever heard a, 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 a wife say, you know what, I, they have three kids. And they're like, I'm not raising three kids. I'm raising four because my husband is a big kid, right? All right. So the key to becoming an awesome dad is aging without maturing. So look at this. Here's the next one, another bit of dad wisdom. I know when my kids need money because that's when they laugh at my jokes. <laughs> Dad, that's the best. Uh, can I have $20? Oh, here's a good one. This is a good bit of dad wisdom. The older I get, the more my dad seems to learn. Right? The older I get, the more my dad seems to learn. He, he knew it all along, right? Uh, here's another one. Life doesn't come with instruction, but it does come with a dad who always answers my calls. Right? And uh, I tell you what, it's a privilege of a dad when a kid calls. It's like, hey, can you help me with this? Yeah, I'll do what I can. Matter of fact, you know, I, I think about my father and I think about Tristan's dad. And he's, Tristan's dad uh, is the kind of guy that if I called him and said, hey, I need you to fly here tomorrow, he would do everything in his power without even knowing all the information to get here. He would. That's just kind of kind of the guy he is. He wants to help. And how many, how many of your dads can relate to that? You'd, it, it's a joy to help our kids. It's, a, it's, it's our honor to help and love on them, right? So, uh, so uh, this is interesting right here. Here's a little bit, some more thoughts about Father's Day. The most calls in one day are actually made on Mother's Day. Sorry, had that one. It's a true story, but uh, okay. When does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes apparent. If you guys paid me more, you'd get better jokes. I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. So the difference between a dad joke and a bad joke is one letter, right? The difference between a dad joke and a bad joke is one letter. So the letter B instead of the letter D. So how many of your da how many of you dads uh, love being a dad? How many of you dads find it challenging being a dad sometimes? How many of your dads, some days you get up and, and, man, some days it's a struggle, some days it's not. So, But fathers are really amazing people designed by God. And, and, and you know, they're designed in, you know you're designed after God's image, dads? Did you know that? You're, you're designed after his image. You know, my kids, you know, they look a lot like me. You know, and Zaley, sometimes, man, there's some pictures where we where we look a lot alike. Sometimes there's pictures where me and Wyatt, where we look alike. And, and sometimes, no, I think he might have more Tristan's genes in him. I don't know. But sometimes we even we look like. But, but we're made, listen, dads, we're made in the image of God. God created us, and he has a purpose and a plan for us. So the, the, the scripture that I read in Ephesians chapter 5, it, it gives us a model. And, and here's what I need you to understand. This model, I don't care what society says, it's not a human tradition. This is a God-given ordinance, a God-given thing. It's, it's his model, not a man-made model. Amen? And this model tells us what a father should be 
And, and our main verse today that I want to look at is, is, is this, that, that we have to be godly husbands and a father is the one who imitates Christ. We got to imitate Christ, right? Imitate Christ. We have to, we have to be like Jesus. We have to love like Jesus. We have to tell the truth like Jesus. Amen. Love your wives as Christ, what, loves the, all right, we'll start off here. The role, and, and, and I want to talk to you on this simple, simple thought, the role and the example of a godly father. Everyone say the role and the example of a godly father. All right, and this is the way that we should imitate those things, and I, I'm not going to keep you long, all right? I pray, so let's work on this. Let's, let's get going here. Number one is right here. You know, a, a, a role of a good father, okay, and, and I know there's different different things that happen and, and situations, but one of the main roles of a good father is to provide, amen? Amen? Um, as a dad, you, 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 you get up, you go to work, you, 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 you know, you may be the breadwinner or could be, uh, uh, you know, one of the breadwinners. There are a lot more ladies work now and, and are career-oriented, and that's all great. But one of the joys of being a father is to provide for your kids. Yeah, the, the Bible says this, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, right? And I never really understood that verse until I had kids and we had birthday parties and we had Christmas. And, and, and when we give them a gift, it's kind of like when you give a gift, it's a lot more exciting than when you receive a gift, right? Come on, parents. No, some of you say, no, I still like on the receiving. And I still like to receive gifts too, but listen, it's more blessed to give, right? You know, I, I love I love Zaylee because Zaylee is a giver. She loves to give things. Matter of fact, we got home from Judah Fest last, last night, and I don't know, it was probably about 1130, and she said, Dad, let me give you my Father's Day gift. And she was like, not really like that. I don't know why I did it like that. <laughs> I really don't. Dad, let me give you my, no, she wasn't doing that. She said, Dad, let me give you my Father's Day gift. And I said, it's not Father's Day. And she goes, no. I, and she told me like three times. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And so she brought her bag out. And she gave it to me. And, and she just sit there intently and made me close my eyes and pull everything out. And guess what it was by Phil? And I was way wrong every time. And it was a beautiful thing, but, but I love that. But, but dads, one of our primary things and, and, and an expectation that is put on us is to provide. There's the provision of food, amen? I didn't realize uh, that uh, when I had teenagers how much food I would be providing, amen? My dad always said this. He goes, my dad, when we were growing up, he said, when you guys get older, he said, I'm going to come to your house. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get up, and I'm going to get a, a bowl of cereal, and I'm going to get the biggest bowl I can and pour all the cereal in there and fill it full of milk and just eat, eat it, eat it, and leave all the dishes out. Come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and, and I'm like, Dad, you know, the Lord will give you forgiveness, all right? No, I'm just I'm joking. But provision of food, provision of housing, right, and provision of of clothing, needs and things, uh, providing for education and growth as a, as a human being is, or as things that we do for our kids. And you know what? A, a good dad, listen, and, and your relationship with your dad may, may have been a broken one, but a good dad wants what's best for their kids. Right? And they do. That's it. And, the, and a good husband wants what's best for his spouse. Come on, somebody, right? 
What, what, you know, happy wife, happy life, right? And, and, and I know, hey, everyone in here is a different stage of dad. Uh, Don Flynn is in a different stage as a dad than T.J. Skiles is. He's already been through the stage where I'm at. You know what? And, and some of you have young ones and little ones, and you're in a different stage than even where I'm at. But listen to me. Listen, I, I, let me give you some good, sound advice. This life goes by way faster than you could ever imagine. So, man, stop, smell the roses with your kids every once in a while. Take that kid on a trip sometime. Love on them. Show them. Spend time. with. Listen, every dad has the same currency of time. And, listen, you ought to spend as much time imputing and loving on your kids as, as provision. So look at this. Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 9 through 11 says this. We, and, and, and all dads, you know, most dads want to give the best for their kids. A good dad does. So it says this, verse 9. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone, right? Or if he asks for a fish, you'll give him a serpent. Verse 11. If you then, who are evil, the Lord talking about this, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who will ask? You know, our model, listen, dads, our model is our heavenly father. He loves us. He loves us so much. He cares about us so much. And, and, so, and, and listen, if you want to give your kid a great gift, how much more does God want to bless you? And how much more does God want to see you uh, 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 blessed? Amen? So if earthly fathers provide for us, Man, I will tell you this. Listen to me. If your dad provides for you, listen to me, young people, you owe him some gratitude. You don't have to do it every day, but you know what you ought to do? Every once in a while, be like, hey, thanks, dad. High five. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for, thanks for this, right? And, 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 you, and you can do that. But here's what I will tell you. If, if, if they failed, listen, if they failed you, and maybe they've messed up, and maybe you have a, a broken relationship with your father. And if they've done good, you owe them a thank you. If, if they've done bad, you owe them forgiveness. And forgiveness is not so much for them as it, as it is for you. Because that root will get in you. And, and, and either you've got to be thankful or you've got to be forgiving. So uh, here's what I will tell you this. As a pastor, some of the saddest people that I counsel and, and the most broken people are dads who maybe be bet are between jobs and things like that, who cannot provide for their family. And, and there's this thing inside of them, and they're, they're just broken because they're like, I, uh, I want to be able to do this. And, and, and some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have sold things that were personally for you so you could feed your family. Some of you have, have, have done things for your family and, and things that you love because you, you needed to take care and provide for your kids. Amen? And, and here's what, what happens is as a dad, you know, we, we feel insufficient when we can't do that in our lives. We feel a little bit broken. And, 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 and listen, I, I've learned this, that dads are at their best when they can provide for their families and their needs and their wants. Amen. And the needs are met. So it's in our nature. It's in our nature. It's what we want to do. Uh, we want to bless them. And, 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 but God's nature wants to provide for us. Did you know that? Our Heavenly Father wants to provide for us. Not just materially, but he wants to provide for us a lot of things. Not just money, but, but he wants to provide for us strength. He wants to provide for us uh, uh, 
peace, amen? How many could use a little bit of peace? Your heavenly Father wants to provide that for you. Your heavenly Father wants to give you courage and faith and wisdom on how to walk, amen? Matter of fact, one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh. And you know what that means? God will provide. And let me ask you this, dads. In your quest to provide, how much do you depend on the Lord to help you provide? How is your trust in the Lord? If, if, he, if he wants to give you good gifts, is what the, the scripture, if you who are evil want to give good gifts to your how much more does God want to give you? Where is your trust, Dad? Where, who are you standing on? And, and, and as we are providing for our children, our families, Dad, don't forget that God will provide for you. You're not having to do this on your own. You're not having to do this. I'll give you a good example of this. Uh, in Genesis chapter 22, there's this story of Abraham, Father Abraham, right? The great Father Abraham. And God gave him his promise, his son, Isaac, right? Beautiful story. And his promised son. And then God tells Abraham, hey, I want you to take your son up and I want you to sacrifice him. And, and can you imagine, God, you waited a long time for this promise. All of a sudden, God gives you this promise. And he's like, yeah, but now I want you to sacrifice him. Can you imagine? I don't know about you. I would be hitting the altar, and I'd be praying and praying and arguing and arguing. Come on, somebody, right? And so uh, Abraham, you know what he does? He does something amazing. He, he gets up early, and he takes off with, his, with some, uh, some of his people that are working for him and, and Isaac. And they get to a certain point, and they camp out, and they get up the next day. And he says, Isaac, grab this, this wood, and we're going we're gonna to build an altar, and we're going to go up a little bit further. And Isaac's kind of kind of catching on something. He's like, hey, Dad, time out. I know we're going to sacrifice them, but we're missing an important part of this thing. And that is the sacrificial lamb. Well, what, what, what are we going to, and, and, and you know what Abraham says? He doesn't lie to him. He says, God will provide. Right? God will provide. Let me ask you something, dads. Do you trust the Lord like Abraham trusts the Lord? I know you're saying, well, God would never ask me to sacrifice. Yeah, and I, and I pray he doesn't because, you know, that's strange to us. And sometimes we, we have a hard time understanding this. But can I tell you something about Abraham? Abraham had faith or he had trust that was based on the character of his heavenly father and not based on circumstances. And listen, Dad, if you want to learn to trust God in a fresh and a new way, you got to know the character of God. Has he been faithful to you before? He'll be faithful to you again. Amen? Amen. So Psalms 112.7 says this. He is not afraid of bad news. Talking about anybody because his heart is firm, right? What? Trusting in the Lord. Christ is my firm foundation. Right? I can put my trust in him. He, he's going to take care of me. And here's what I'll tell you, Dad. When you fear the unknown in your life, and there's a lot of unknowns when you're a dad sometimes, right? And sometimes, you know, you don't know what to do. You can look to the one who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who owns the cattle of a thousand hills, who, who can do abundantly above what you could even ask for and just say, I need your help. Amen? Dad, you provide here on earth. But can I tell you something? I want to teach you something. Lean into your heavenly father. 
And not just lean into just just lay on him. Come on, he'll carry you, right? God will give you what you need. And you know, as a dad, you know, some of the things that I can do is take care of my family financially, and that's a beautiful thing. But you know what? Some other things that I can do is 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 bless them and build their character and 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 build who they are, right? And speak into their life. Another thing that I can do is encourage them. Come on. Right? Cheer for them, yell for them at their ball games. I'm going to do that at the next softball game with Wyatt. Go, Wyatt, go, baby. Tristan would do it. Encourage, courage and support. Because listen, Joshua, in Joshua 1 9, the Lord says this Have I not commanded? And he's talking to Joshua, but man, this is powerful. Have I not commanded you? Be what? Strong and courageous. Some of you dads, you need to look at your kids and say, Hey, you need to be strong and courageous today. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you get ready to walk into the hallways of your school, God is with you. Be strong. Isaiah 41.10 says this, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will what? And I will what? With my righteous right hand. Let me tell you something. If God is holding you up, he will not let go. Dad, man, there's, uh, you can trust God. Be the model. Show your kids. Hey, hey, I'm trusting God in this situation. I'm trusting God in this. Listen, you can be a model to show them. And, and, and here's another thing that, that the Lord does. He models holiness for us. Oh, that's a bad word in this society, right? He models holiness for us. But 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 1 Peter 1, uh, 15, 16 says, be holy for I am holy. It's what the Lord says. And, he's, and Peter's reiterating what was written in Leviticus because God is a holy God. Listen. Fathers, dad, live above the reproach of sin. Live in holiness. Live a life that honors God. Let the same language that you speak on Sunday morning come out of your mouth on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The same God that you're praying, you know, come on somebody, right? Let your character match what God is doing in you. Your kids are watching you. Listen to me. Your kids are not watching. They're watching YouTube. I know that. But listen to me. You know who You know who they admire, Dad? You. They love you and they want to be like you. Be somebody that imitates Christ. Here's the second point right here is to protect. Everyone say protect. Protect. Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I don't know, Christ, I look at Christ as the ultimate example and the model of protection to us as fathers. Christ protects the church. He protects his body of believers. What do you mean by that, Pastor? He protects us from the curse of sin. Come on, right? Amen? If you're saved, you're protected from the curse of sin. Amen? He, he gives us uh, uh, the word of God and the spirit of God to lead and guide us, right? To help us, he, he, he protects us from the wrath that will be poured out on sin. Come on, because Jesus took that wrath on the cross. He laid down his life for his church, his bride. He protected you and I from the curse of sin. I love that. One of the roles of fatherhood is to protect your kids from harm physically, right? Oh, 
It's why we buy knee pads and helmets for our kids when we get them their first bike, right? And they come in, <laughs> now get on that bike, <laughs> right? Are you okay? Uh-huh. Right? It's also why uh, us dads, when our kids play sports and they're playing soccer, and some kid starts pushing on our kid, hey, 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 look at number four, pushing on my kid over there, right? We get a little bit aggravated, a little bit upset, right? You know, dads looking like hawks at, at sporting events. Don't hurt my kid, right? Uh, you know, when I was, uh, this is a great Father's Day story, probably 15 years ago. Uh, we were celebrating Father's Day, and we went and had ice cream with, with Tristan's dad, and, and our families all merged, and, and all were all there. And we were eating ice cream at this place. We were eating outside. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite Father's Day stories for my sake. And while we're there, we're outside, we're near the road, and uh, Wyatt was much shorter than me at that time. He was two. He was six foot then. I'm just kidding. Um, and, and he was little, and he was running towards the, the road, and, man, and, you know, you got them dad cat-like reflexes when you're young. And so I see what's about to happen, and I run, and I grab his arm, and you know what he does? He just dead weights. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? I'd like to try that on him now. Um, and he just dead weights, and so I grab him, and I, like, swing him back, you know, away from the road, and, and I'm like, you know, and I'm getting on to him. I'm like, hey, we don't run towards the road, and, you know, you're trying to teach your kids and all that, and he's just upset. He's crying, and I think he's just crying because he's upset. We get in the car, and we leave, and uh, every bump that we hit, he's just crying in the back, and my wife's like, something's wrong with him. I said, nothing's wrong with him. He's just being a baby, you know. You know how us dads are, right, <laughs> insensitive and all that. And, and we went over some railroad tracks, and he just started crying. She goes, no, we're going back to the hospital. And I'm like, he's fine. She goes, turn the car around. I said, okay. So we turn the car around. We go back to the hospital. We go to the emergency room. And, and, he, and he, he, I pulled his arm out of socket. I didn't even realize I pulled his arm out. He pulled his arm out of socket because I just held it. And so here I am in the emergency room on Father's Day with my, my little two-year-old son, and the doctor's looking at me, and I'm, he's like, how did this happen, sir? And I'm like, oh, this is just beautiful, you know. CPS is going to be here in a minute. They're going to start asking me questions. And, and I said, well, this is the story that happened and this, this. And he was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, he, goes, he goes, this is called nursemaid elbow. And he goes, this is pretty common in kids this age because their, their elbows haven't developed. And, and he said, so, and, you know, I was th think CPS didn't show up, praise the Lord, right? Uh, they might have had me on the radar. I don't know. But, you know, it was a great Father's Day for me. <laughs> like a real winner. Pull your ar boy's arm out of socket. protection, right? Had I not grabbed him, he might have been out in the road. Sometimes the Lord's protection sometimes may feel like it's hurting us, but God's like, no, 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 I got a better plan for you. Come on, this way. Come this way. Oh, what are you dropping your weight for? What are you doing? I remember when I was young, you know, my mom, she was so sweet, um, you know, uh, I burnt myself really bad on a stove. Anybody ever done that? I did that once, okay? And, and I kept wanting to touch the stove, and my mom said, stop touching the stove. And I put my hand up there, and she'd spat my hand away. It only took one time, but I, I learned. But she's trying to protect me from getting burned, right? Amen. And so uh, we look at this. But Jesus made a way of protection from the curse of sin once and for all, right? Heavenly Father sent his son down to this earth and lived a perfect life. 
so he could take your place on a cross. You deserve that what Jesus got. Do you know that? That's what your wages of your sins deserved. And Jesus took those for you. So, so let me say this. Dad, no matter what storm that, you, that may rise, be, and, and, and how many know that storms rise? Right? Things happen in our lives. No matter what storms rise in our life, God is our protector. Amen? And listen, our kids are going to learn how to trust God by watching what you do. If you'll trust God, they'll learn to trust God. If you'll trust him with all your might, they'll learn to trust God with all their might and their power. And, and, and listen, they'll, they'll glean off you. I remember one time my dad, I love him to death, and we, we, he, he said, you want to go fishing? I said, I sure do. And we took his boat and we went on a river. We were living in Missouri at the time. And, and he, we went a different way than we normally would have went. And he, we started up the river further than what we would have typically. And we were going to get out of the river where we normally would get in the river. And I was like, and my dad's like, I floated this years ago. How many know the older you get, you forget how long things are and certain things. And we got in the river just a little bit late. I really wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't really concerned about it because I was with my dad. And, and we were fishing, and it took us a long time to get around one corner. I remember specifically, I was like, man, dad, the sun is starting to set. And, and I think we should probably pick up the pace. And he's like, no, nah, we'll be all right. The sun set. It was dark. And we were on the river for like two hours in the dark. No lights. We were well prepared. In the hollers of the Ozarks. Come on, somebody, right? The moon was shining through. And I'll never forget, we were, we were just floating down the river. And, I, I, and it, was, it was amazing because these people were camping by the river. And they were, I mean, you could hear them screaming and yelling. They, they were drunk. And, and I was just like, Dad, what are we going to do? He said, just don't say a word. And I'll never forget, we just floated by these people. True story. True story. I'm not lying. We just went right by them. I was like, they didn't even notice us, you know. Um, but anyway, so, uh, but, but I knew even in, in the darkest time that no matter what, my dad, we were going to get off that river at some point. I just didn't know when. I didn't, it might have been in sunrise. I don't know. I think we got off the river at midnight. I, it was a long night. But can I tell you this? In, in, in Psalm 91, uh, is a beautiful description of God as our protector. In other places in Scripture, he is known as our strong tower. That means that he, he holds us up, that he is above, that, you know, a place of refuge. Amen? How many know that he is a refuge? He is the good shepherd. Come on, somebody, right? Meaning that he will protect us from evil. Let me give you a beautiful story of that. In John chapter 8, there was a woman who was caught in adultery. Right? You guys know this story. And everyone was there, and, they, and, and Jesus is teaching, and they, they brought her before Jesus. And she said, we caught this woman in adultery. How should we deal with it? And, and they were, like, ready to stone her right there because, you know, the law of Moses says you should do this. What are you going to do, Jesus? What do you say, right? Uh, don't ever question Jesus. And Jesus, in, 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 in his uh, just spirit-led life, he, he says this. You know, it's beautiful. He says, you know, you who have no sin, you, you can cast the first stone. Right? And then he reaches down and he writes something. We don't know what he wrote in the dirt. And then next thing you know, the lady's probably just down, just waiting to be hit and pounced by these people. And, 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 and she looks up and, and the Lord says, hey, where, where are those? Who, where are your accusers? Where did they go? She goes, they're gone. And he said, I, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin what no more. It's a beautiful bit of scripture. How many know that God will 
protect us. You just got to get under the blood of Jesus Christ. You got to submit to his will. Amen. Here's the last one right here. I'm going to ask the worship team to come right here. It's this. It's Pilate. Everyone say Pilate. And I use this word Pilate because I was using peas and I uh, had to look up a thesaurus to find out a word. But the word Pilate is to lead, right? The pilot of the airplane is the lead of the plane, right? The plane don't go where the pilot don't take it. Shouldn't, right? So Pilate, everyone say Pilate. Likewise, the father is, is called to be the priest of the home, a lead. Dad, you're the lead. Dad, you're the spiritual lead. It's what Pilate does. They, they lead. They, they set the tone. Ephesians 6, 4 says this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in what? The discipline and the instruction of the Lord. I want to focus on that second part of that verse because it's real easy to read that first part. And, you know, and, and dads, we feel bad. I, I know I don't want to provoke my kids. I know I don't want to make them angry. But we, it's so easy to read that first part and make it about us and forget that we're imputing, that we're leading our own family, that we are the ones to be uh, showing them and bringing them up in the discipline uh, of the Lord and the instruction of the Lord. Our jobs as dad is to lead them in, in the demonstration of, of holiness and the demonstration of God's grace and the demonstrations of God's kindness, his love, and his devotion. You know what? Our kids ought to look at us and say, man, my dad is the most godly person I know. There, he just loves the Lord, right? And listen to me. In this hour, in this hour, listen. You know what this world needs? Godly dads. Bad. Bad. This is, this, is not, this is not an indictment on anybody. The, the world needs godly parents. Godly grandparents that say, hey, I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to instruct you. I'm going to demonstrate what it is to walk this thing out with the Lord. Let me ask you this, this question. Dad? Are you leading good, or is there a lot of room for improvement? Man, I, I have to look at this and at myself and say, hey, hey, I got, I got room for improvement. I can be better. Lord, I can be better. Lord, I, I've made excuses and certain things. God, I'll, I will be better. Now, listen, I'm glad for, for, for godly mothers. I, I am. I am. Matter of fact, Moms have picked up where dads have messed up, right? But this scripture, the way God, God puts this out there, men, it's your job to lead your family to church. Come on. It's your job to lead your family. It's your job. But, you know, sometimes, and what happens is there's a deficiency in our leadership sometimes, and I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to, I, I'm, I'm here to challenge you. But sometimes there's a deficiency in our leadership, and then what's easy is, oh, my wife will take the kids to church. My wife will do this. My wife, right? And then where there's a deficiency, she'll lead. And thank goodness for that, right? Listen, Dad, you, 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 you've got to be the one that says, hey, get up, go to church. I can tell you this. When I was growing up, if I missed church, I didn't want to face my dad. I can tell you that. I 
had a drug problem growing up. My dad drugged me to church and drugged me home and drugged me to church and drugged me home. For real. For real. I didn't have an option. I'll never forget one time. Man, I overslept on a Sunday morning. My dad was my dad was a pastor of the church, too. And and I overslept one Sunday morning, and I didn't have my license. And, and he got up, and he walked in my room, and he said, I'm leaving right now. He goes, the last thing he said to me when he got to the door was, if you are not at church, you're going to get it when I get home. I got up. I got dressed as fast as I could. And I thought, how in the world am I going to get to church? I grabbed my bicycle. <laughs> Two miles. <laughs> I felt like a Mormon, you know, one of those like was on the bike running around. And I'll never forget, I was late to church, but I came in right at the end of worship, and I pulled my bike in the foyer, and I was the only one that rode my bike to church that day. And and I'll never forget, I walked in the foyer, and, and man, the Holy Spirit was doing something amazing in the worship, and everybody was just worshiping the Lord. It was a beautiful service, and I walked in, and I was mad. <laughs> you know, that was just me, and I was immature and whatnot. And I walked in, and I put my hands like this, and I sat in the back. And everyone's up here just crying, God's doing great things. But can I tell you something? Dad, be the lead. Be the lead. Be the lead. Go out in front and say, hey, this is the way. This is the way. Come this way. Be so in tune with what God is doing where he's leading you saying, hey, we are going this way. Me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Amen? Let me ask you this. Dad's... I, I, and I'm not trying to pick on you because I know, man, we're sweet to moms on Mother's Day. Sometimes we're mean to dads on, on Father's Day. But listen, dads, we can rise up. We need to rise up. Listen, we need to be strong in the Lord. Dads, I'm going to ask a tough question. When was the last time you interceded for your kids? When's the last time you prayed and called them by name? God, don't lead them into temptation. God, if temptation comes, God, make a way for them, God. Come on, right? Come on. This is challenging. I know it's challenging for me. Leading a family is, is not for the faint of heart, right? Sometimes there's trials, there's situations, there's turbulent weather, and sometimes we don't know what to do. But listen, we know who to trust, and we know that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us. And all we got to do is walk in the Spirit of God, and we just say, Come follow me. It was interesting. Back in January, we had a basketball game. And it was a late basketball game. And, and, and we got freezing rain that night. I think it was January. I don't know what it was. But And I live out in the middle of the country, out in the middle off of, off of 450 out there in the middle of nowhere. Come on. Yeah, come on, somebody. And, and, uh, and it was icy. And I got a California truck. I do. It does, it's not a four-wheel drive. It may look like it. It's not. It's just... It's like a venomous snake trying to act like a, you know, kind of thing. And and it and it the road got icy and and the whole family was in the car and we were going home and we were going up the road and trying to get home and there's one hill, there's one hill on our road. And I was like, that's the hill that's gonna get us. Like I knew it, like in my mind, like, and I wasn't saying anything, and, and my, we're going really slow and just trying to go. 
my, my wife's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, we're doing fine. We're moving. Everything's good. My kids are like, are we going to be okay? We're going to make it home? Yeah, I think so. Everything's going to be great. And we get to that hill. My poor little truck, man, we start going up the hill. We get about three quarters of the way up there, and I start losing traction. And I'm just like, oh, this is not good right here. And I'm thinking, what, what are we going to do? And we lost traction. The next thing I know is we, we stopped, and then we started to spin down the hill, right? Come on, right? My wife looks at me. She said, are you doing that on purpose? I said, no. <laughs> she has so much trust in me. Look at that. <laughs> See how much she trusts me? And, and, and we just slid over and spun down, and we, we kind of just bumped into the ditch, and we're sitting there, and I was just like, and, and, and I'll never forget, after, after that whole ordeal and getting my truck out and all that good stuff and getting it out of there that night, uh, it was a long night, Wyatt said something when we, when we got back home, and he said, he said something that just blew me away. He said, Dad, he goes, I was doing really good. He goes, but when I saw the look in your eye, and the, for the first time in my life, I saw that you didn't, you didn't have an answer for what was happening. He goes, I started to worry because you always have an answer. And I was like, man, I, I don't know. But listen, Dad, listen, you may not always have the answer, but you're connected to the one who, who does have the answer. Amen. Our Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. I want to give you this, this little bit of an illustration. The story is told of a flight that hit some unusual turbulence, tossing the airplane side to side in strong gusts of wind. The clouds looked more like coal than they did. Clouds, lightning hit nearby. An eerie silence settled over the passengers in between their shrieks and screams. No one felt safe. I've been on that flight before. I'm just going to throw that out there. Except for one small child, he sat there preoccupied with his notebook and pen, drawing a picture of himself climbing a tree in a sun-filled day, right? To look at him, you never would have guessed that he was on a plane in the middle of a storm. And a passenger nearby noticed him and wondered, how could he feel so calm? So she asked the young boy, aren't you afraid? He said, just, just, uh, and, uh, he just looked up from his paper for a moment and smiled and said, nah. He said, why not? As she grabbed and prodded her, her chair, gripping it really tight, he said, because my dad's the pilot. And, and here's the key. Your heavenly father is leading you. I don't care what kind of turbulence and what kind of wreck that you feel like that your life is in. God will lead you and guide you. Amen. Listen, Psalms, I, I love this. Psalm 27, uh, uh, verse 7 says this. Uh, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. That little boy right there, he knew that there was an airplane. He didn't have his trust in the airplane. He had his trust in the pilot of the plane. Amen. Beautiful. Dad, lead your family to Jesus. Demonstrate what it is to have faith in God. So here, here's the role of a godly father. Real, real fast. We'll recap real fast. As we provide for their needs. Listen, God will provide for us. When you... When your kids need courage, God will give you courage. When your kids need faith, God will work faith through you. When you need provision, hey, you obey God and God will provide for you. Amen? Mentally, spiritually, he'll provide those things for you. Amen? He did it through Calvary. Here's the next one. As we protect our family, the Lord ultimately protected us from the curse of sin by loving us. The church is bride. laid down his life for us. Beautiful thing. And as husbands, and, and we ought to love our, our wives with the same tenacity. So, and here's the last one. We, we pilot. We lead. 
we demonstrate what it is to lead our children. One of the most beautiful stories, I think, in Scripture is this. And I think a good father's story is this. Prodigal son. Man, he messed up terribly, right? He, he blew it. He went away. But what I love about the father, what I love about the father in that situation is he's just sitting there. He's patient. He's loving. He's waiting. He's waiting. He doesn't, he doesn't, when he comes back, he doesn't tell him how bad he is. He hugs him. He loves him. He puts a robe on him. He puts a ring on his finger. He says, hey, we're having a party because my son has come home. Listen to me. If you're here today, you're under the sound of my voice, and you say, hey, I, I need to run home to the Father today. If that's you, anybody in this building, listen, I want to tell you right now, these altars are open right now. Say, I feel that in my heart, just the, the unction of the Holy Spirit. Come on. I, I promise you someone will meet you down here. We're not here to. Listen, we are all, we have all messed up. We've all made mistakes. Listen, we've all walked this this, this aisle before and said, hey, God, I, I laid my pride down. If that's you, anybody in this building at this moment, amen. As we wait just a moment here, just a moment. Let me do this real fast, all right. If you're a dad here. You say, Pastor, I need to improve in some areas. I haven't led my family like I need to. I need to strengthen that. I need the Lord to help me with that. I need to demonstrate what it is to trust in the Lord better. If that's you, would you just stand with me? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I'm going to go a step further. If you're a mom and you say, hey, I'm in that same boat, stand. Listen, I, I just want to pray with you today. Come on, it's all right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.